Number 33 of the 48 ways is Ohev es Hatstakos, which literally means Ohev is to love, es Hatstakos is righteousness, loving righteousness, which is loving, fulfilling your obligations. Now, before we begin, I'd just like to point out, and we've done this a few times in the past, through this Kinyan Torah, again, one of the 48 acquisitions one must acquire to go ahead and be Kona Torah. And as far as living is concerned, there is a question from the Chabur that Bezer Hashem will address it. Towards the end of this year, after learning through the Sodos of this Derech, number 33 of the 48 ways, once we have learned through this idea, this Kinyan Torah, loving, fulfilling your obligations, Bezer Hashem will go ahead and see more clearly where we're coming from and the Kinyan Torah that really I believe extracts a very fundamental yesod of the question that will present at the end Bezer Hashem. Okay, so let's begin. So loving fulfilling your obligations. You know, you're standing at the supermarket checkout and the clerk gives you too much change, right? So you return the extra change. Now how does that make you feel? Yeah, it makes you feel like a million bucks. Just a small act. You feel like a hero for doing the right thing. So now imagine that you're sitting on a park bench and there's a fellow that walks by and an envelope falls out of his pocket. So you quickly scoop it up and you say, you know, excuse me, sir, you dropped this. So, oh my, you know, you saved my life. Do you know what's in that envelope? He tells you, my life savings are in there. I don't know what I would have done if I've lost that. So now how do you feel, right? He didn't just return some spare change. You practically saved the person's life. So there's a great pleasure in doing the right thing. That is the topic of way number 33, which is Oevis Hatstakos, as we said, literally loving righteousness, which involves taking pleasure and fulfilling your obligations. Okay, so the first step of this is attaining self-respect. So our drive to do good stems from our inner need for self-respect. Chazal used the Hebrew word of kavod, honor, to describe that sense of self-esteem and importance. You see in the Sefer Achinuch, Mitzvah Tafid Ches, 418, which he lists kavod as one of the categories of pleasure that people seek. Um, it's mentioned in the Shir from Rabbeinu of Noach, regarding the five levels of pleasure. But I'll call upon him kavod, and Lashon HaKodesh shares the same root as the Hebrew word of kavod, which means heavy. All human beings have a need to feel that their life has substance and meaning, that they carry some weight. The core of self-respect and weightiness is that ability to wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and think, you know, I'm a somebody. So it comes from making the hard choices involved in doing good and living a principled life filled with integrity. Not just ritual, it's not what we mean by a principled life. But a principled life filled with integrity, again, we have two aspects to a relationship. You have the love, the relationship, and then you have the commitment. One without each other, they're not complete. And ironically, love without the principles, without the quote-unquote ritualistic part, I shouldn't use the word ritual, but the guidelines, etc., that allows for the relationship aspect, which is the goal, right? The Ava and the Yira allows the Ava to really go ahead and deepen, become more profound. Because when you have that sense of commitment, so then 
your love has much more weight to it. So that's why living a principled life filled with integrity, that is the Yisot. So that will lead to living the principled aspect as well with integrity. The dicto kamitzvos and the actual acts of mitzvah themselves, the actual maisa mitzvah, before we even get to the kavonos and to the feelings and so on. So that will be filled with integrity. Okay, so lamaisa, it's our, it's our nature to derive pleasure from doing the right thing and performing acts of kindness. So doing so strengthens our spiritual muscles and enables us to really live and concert with our soul. So the next Shiloh person has, needs to ask himself is, you know, it's a burden or a pleasure. You know, this is only one side of the equation. How would you react to hearing your teenage child respond to your request to take out the garbage with, right away, you know, it's my pleasure, right? You would faint. Even though it is their pleasure to listen to their parents and lend a hand, kids usually bicker and complain, and we often have to push them to begrudgingly do what is asked of them. But, you know, we're no different. We often view our obligations as burdensome and anticipate aggravation and difficulty, not pleasure and enjoyment. Oh, I have to go to my son's PTA meeting tonight. Oh, time to do all those dishes. I have to go to that bar mitzvah. I need to finish writing this essay, whatever it is. So we resist doing good because all too often we consider fulfilling our obligations an onerous burden and as opposed to an uplifting source of pleasure. So who wants aggravation? Yeah, when we regard our obligations as painful encumbrances, so even spending an afternoon at the beach with our children will make us miserable. If you have children. Yeah, but we can all relate. So, you know, this internal struggle, Lamaisa, is part of the conflict between our body, the Yitzhar, and our soul, the Yitzhar Tov. The Yitzhar wants to flee from obligations, which require effort and exertion, so it depicts doing the right thing as a stultifying and arduous task to be avoided at all costs. So our Yitzhar Tov, on the other end, you know, thrives on fulfilling obligations and enjoying the self-respect and integrity it engenders. So how do we hold on to the clarity that is our pleasure to fulfill our obligations and be more motivated to carry them out? So the first step is to articulate the pleasure. You know, imagine you're on a vacation in New York City, sightseeing in one of those excursion boats, riding around Manhattan. So as you're taking a look at the Statue of Liberty, one of the other tourists falls off the boat into the murky waters of the Hudson River and he can't swim brought this muscle before if I was a pleasure but Lamaisa you know so you jump what happens is you jump into the water with all the filthy garbage sewage and dead fish but you don't care right you're trying to save a life so as you grab him he struggles pulls you under the water you're swallowing a clump of something you don't know what it is but you don't let go finally he stops struggling and you pull him up with all your might you're gasping for air and the water stinks so after what seems like eternity you drag him to the side of the boat and the people on board pull two of you up. Thank God he's alive and, you know, the MT arrives to administer first aid and take him to the hospital. Fine, so he's going to be okay. Now you go back to your hotel and take a dozen of showers to wash off the muck and just get rid of the smell of rotting fish and sewage, right? You say, I'm never coming back to New York for the rest of my life. Okay, so now, 30 years and dozens of vacations later, what is your most memorable vacation? The one that you share with everyone. Ah, you know, let me tell you about the time a guy fell off the boat into the Hudson River and I saved his life, right? So when, it's your investment. So when all is said and done, 
doing the right thing is always the greatest source of pleasure. Right? Again, the five levels of pleasure, that's being good, being a good man. So the key over here for the first step is to articulate and focus on the pleasure involved in fulfilling that specific obligation. Here it's saving a life, of course you're obligated, but you know, so for example, your spouse asks you to perform a rather difficult around during your busy day. So what is the pleasure that will come about as a result of this? So crystallize it and anticipate the pleasure of giving. Instead of complaining and begrudgingly doing the favor, you will more gladly and energetically rise to the challenge. If you really go ahead and clarify, anticipate the pleasure of giving. Now, what is the gratification in spending time at the park with your kids? So keep this in mind and use it to motivate yourself. Remember, what is it? So the same thing goes with a project at work. Don't just force yourself to discharge your responsibilities. Anticipate the pleasure and meaning that come about through their performance. Before and after, that's why we would say before we go ahead and perform any Maisa Mitzvah, that was Jewish consciousness. Not only before specific Mitzvahs, but before anything you've done. You know, a guy would go to work, Hinni Muchan Mazuman, and fart do the Mitzvah of Chesed, Mefarnis my Mishpacha, support my family, and so on and so forth. They would go ahead and despite the fact that you're thinking, but you're anticipating what you're about to do. You're anticipating the pleasure of doing a Maisa Mitzvah, of filling the will of Hashem, helping others, and not just do it by road and just do it robotically. So take an account before and after. It's right. Anticipate the pleasure and meaning that are going to come about through the performance. So become a connoisseur, right? Get into the habit of pausing after doing something good and defining the pleasure you feel. Define it as well. Don't just say, you know, that felt nice. Okay, that's the first, you know, good step to take. But take note of that feeling so you can look for, look forward to it and look for it in the next time. And teach your children to do the same. Very important. So make a list of your daily obligations. Visit vis your family, friends, your work, and God, you know, and define the underlying pleasure that is available for you to access. Don't just trudge through your day on autopilot grasp the pleasure that awaits you again we all want to be good we need to fight the Yitzhar that frames our obligations as a burden from which to run away so let's focus instead on the latent pleasure in doing good which will increase our motivation to fulfill our responsibilities and live a life of meaning and substance I think just important to point out we know Many people just complain about their obligations, and we all do. But Lamaisa, what happens is that fulfill, fulfilling them allows us to accomplish, use our potential, and to really go ahead and create that platform for our self-respect and self-value. So if you want a real taste of life, that's fulfilling your obligations, right? You have substance. You're heavy. We know human beings, and we're all human and we pursue comfort the majority of humanity is busy with pursuing comfort and when it comes to a career types of cars their homes and so on and particularly in our generation people go ahead and view their obligations as just a heavy yoke i mean that's one of the, as we said one of the reasons that um maybe the majority of humanity you know, it takes so long until they make that decision to get married. Just imagine, you know, every day, just a bunch of obligations 
And as an bonus, you have a number of kids jumping on your head. We've spoken about this concept varichus in number 17 of the 48 ways, harnessing the power of physical intimacy and the concept of marriage. But Lamaisa, certainly it's a very superficial view. It's true, it's not easy to go and fill your obligations, but what with the pleasure, the tremendous pleasure that comes after doing the right thing, right? So let's focus on this. You're able to even get some energy and excitement from the idea that the fulfillment of this is integral part of building who I am, using our potential that's where meaning is, real pleasure. So that's what is, right? The word staka comes from the Shoresh, from the root tzedek, justice. To love and to take pleasure in what's right. So the moment that we come to this havan and understanding that there's a pleasure in fulfilling our obligations, will be much easier to go ahead and fulfill them. And if Mimela were mochach and obligated, we have to do it anyway. So might as well enjoy the entire thing. Now again, this is one appreciation for it. Certainly, we said the ultimate oeves hatstakos, the one who fulfills his obligations, and he loves fulfilling his obligations. That is the Yisait of Avram Avinu, the Oisa Emes Pneshu Emes, Nami Pneshu Taina, because the Rambam explains that of Hilchos Tshuva, that the Darg of Avram Avinu was that he did what's right, what's true, because it's true. A person can ask, how can I actually do anything Lashem Shemaim? How can I really do anything Lashma? Even when I go ahead and I, there's no, I, I say, you know, there are no ulterior motives in this specific act of kindness or whatever it may be, it's not really true because my motivation to do something is because it gives me pleasure, regardless if that pleasure is a positive pleasure because it's the right thing to do. So uh, that's the starting point. This, that's the starting point of the Havana where things begin. That's when it says, Ketanim. Shar Ami Oretz, etc. That's how they go and perform mitzvos. Olam Abo, Elam Hazeh, and even if it's not for Shar, just a sense of fulfillment that is more, you know, seems self-serving. So the assault is to go ahead and and, and to get to that darga of Oisa Emes Pneishu Emes. You do what's true because it's true. It's the motivation to go ahead and do that specific Maisa Mitzvah or whatever it may be that act of kindness. Whatever obligation it may be, it's no longer because it's my pleasure in doing it. Yeah, even when the kid takes out the garbage, at the end of the day, you ask him, hey, did you feel good? He said, yeah, you know, maybe he, he was all grumbling about it. You know, why did, why do I have to take it out? I'm in the middle of the book, and so on. But he does appreciate it. And by the way, why is that so? I thought the body was getting in the way. The Yitzhar was getting in the way. Just the assault is that once the act, whatever it had to be done, was done, we accomplished whatever we needed, so the body doesn't no longer is no longer fighting it because the body only is fighting for its own comfort. Once it's already accomplished, so yes, yeah, certainly we can have a physical sensation for doing the right thing. It's true. Of course it's true. But there is no confrontation and friction at that point between the guf and the neshama. We do appreciate after we said and learned a long seder, after we go ahead and really worked hard on something, even though the body was fighting it, but la'achar ma'isa, the body now is at the same point as the 
neshama is in terms of taking pleasure. Now it's you have the positive sensation. It's no longer fighting it. Baal Kopanim were saying that Osa Emes Pneshu Emes, do what's true because it's true. So the pleasure is no longer the motivation, rather the understanding of this is true. That is why I'm doing it. And it's a very high darga, it's a difficult concept to understand. But we have, from Rabbi Sena, we have spoken about this episode in the past. It says the Ramam, though, that is the mindless Avram Avinu. That he did what's true because it's true. We have to begin the Osa Emes Pneshu Taingo. That's why a child, you go ahead and give him little tokens and rewards if he does the proper things. Now, we also have those candies that we give ourselves. And just a little bit more sophisticated, but ultimately it's just a candy. So we have to go ahead and try it to the best of our capability to really go ahead and develop and to do what's true because it's true. But anyway, that is the first thing. So just first appreciate, first go through the stages, appreciate and anticipate before you perform that specific mice of the obligation and in retrospect how did it make you feel give that over to your children this understanding so as a practical step so go ahead and start planning ahead good deeds you know go ahead and learn a little bit call up a friend that needs some encouragement help around that home the most important the next davening try and daven a little with a little bit more seriousness, kavana. So when you do things like this, so doesn't your self-appreciation and respect for yourself go ahead and really jump another notch? Of course it does. So to view ourselves as good people, that is the fuel which really goes ahead and gives us that drive and passion for living. That's what pulls you out of bed in the morning. If a person doesn't have kavod, if his kavod is robbed from him, so, as we know, you've literally taken away his whole heaviness, his value, his worthiness. It's a terrible, terrible thing. Okay, but in Kanamakum. And just to mention one or two more points regarding this aspect before we get to the question. So, when out the concept of a schos mulchova. The concept of entitlement versus obligation. So back in the good old days, right, the general idea amongst people and society of taking responsibility was really a part and an integral part of the dynamics of society. But today it seems that we're more busy, far more busy with our rights. Yeah, what is my benefit from this entire thing? On the other hand, the Jewish hashkafa, Jewish consciousness, is taking responsibility. For example, when Chazal always speak about damages and property and so on, they always are menaseach and they always put it in the terms of Ruvain is chayev to pay Levi. Right? He is obligated to pay Levi. Instead of Levi deserves to receive money from Ruvain. Chazal say in Maseches Bava Kamala Maches Ma'alif that Godal Metzuvah Va'isa B'Sheinu Metzuvah Va'isa. Greater is the one which is commanded and he fulfills his obligations, than the one which is not commanded, and he still does it willingly. Then Klemer that someone who does something since that it has to be done is greater than someone who does, even again it's the same act because that he wants to go in and do it. Why? 
is because that when you are obligated to do something, your natural shi'ifa is freedom, right? When you are obligated to do something, your natural tendency is to go ahead and say, you know, I don't want this yoke, right? You have an internal conflict to some extent within you. As before in Tosfos, in Avadazar, Dafkil Momen Aleph, Tirmaskal Godol, and therefore, if you overcome that hisnagdus, if there is a tension that you're overcoming, you're growing as well. And afopichan, despite that difficulty, that tension, right? You still do the ma'isatov. You become a better person. You become a greater person. And just to point out briefly, the asod once a rabbi Kedush mentioned regarding the idea of a cotton. What does it mean that a cotton doesn't have a yetzer hatov? He only has a Yetzirah when he turns bar mitzvah, he gets a Yetzirah tov. It's chas to think that 11-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, you know, they're just, they're fully, you know, just evil, bad, chas v'shalom, right? It's complete nonsense. But the sod of a Yetzirah tov is that at that point, you actually have a chiyuv, an obligation, number one, to perform a maisa mitzvah, to mekayim the ratzon Hashem, but you have the potential of growing. The yesod of a gadol is that someone that constantly can go ahead and fill himself up more and more and more. Unlimited capacity. The yesod of a katan, this part Rabbi Kedush mentioned, is that the yesod of a katan is that he can't get out of himself. He's only a receiver. He's only a makabal at that stage of his life. And that's, that's the way Hashem designed the world, of course, and that's the way it's supposed to be. But the side of a, re- a real Adam of Chesed is someone that has to get out of himself and really see the other one's perspective and so on. So how does this come into to this Nikud over here regarding the Melchama Sayyidzer as well that someone which is Mitzvah Ve'oseh is greater Misha'ena Mitzvah Ve'oseh someone who is not commanded and does it willingly because that if there's no tension, there's no conflict you're not building muscle. If there's no tension, if you're lifting weights, but it's just a half a bag of sugar, you're not going to get much out of it. As Loshon HaTosos in Gilmah Meralf over there in Avadazar, there Maskal Godol HaMetzuv Ha'iseh Peirish Vipneishu Dayeg Tomid Levatl Yitzray L'Kaim Mitzvah Spire. Two things. Number one, he's always worried and he has this constant tension and conflict to, to go ahead and nullify his yeter and to mekayim the mitzvah of his creator. It's a conscious decision. When a person is just doing something, right, due to, you know, it's going to give me some pleasure, you're not oisek in a conflict. You're not consciously, you're not, you're not lifting weights. Yeah, you can exert yourself, but the sort of lifting weights is that you know willingly, you know, this is going to be painful, this is, going to, this is you know, a difficult process to go through. But I know, I have a goal, I have a purpose, so you're building towards something. So you have that conflict, and you're actually overcoming, you're in a battle, then someone just decides to go ahead and quote-unquote volunteer in that sense. It's much more meaningful if a person is placed in that position of being a mitzvah of so right, so it's important to go ahead and mechanech children to go ahead and fulfill their obligations from a young age and to learn how to take pleasure in the obligations in order to, you know, to see that they're really learning from their experiences, from their actions. Right, it's kedai to go ahead and, and 
tell the child to pause after you do the positive mice and to ask him, you know, how do you feel now? Just to get in touch with your feelings and to, and to ask him, would you like to sell the joy that you have from this mice tovno, from this good action? Of course not. Even if at the beginning he was grumbling and he didn't want to get up from reading his book or whatever he was doing, but uh, now you say, you, are you going to sell the, the, the mice and mitzvah now for, for money? Of course not. Not for $10, not for $100. If he really has appreciation of that sense. And every child pretty much will get a little shooken up if a person says, okay, you know, I'm just, I'm taking your mitzvah, here's the money. Because, no, he wants that etza mitzvah that makes him heavy. It's not even about the appreciation of a child or even for an adult of appreciating a mice mitzvah. But that's what makes me important. That's what makes me valuable. It's like t saying, I'm going to take a few a few pounds out of your stomach. I'm going to rip it out. That's what you have gained by doing a mice mitzvah. You added a few more pounds of substance to your body or in this case to your soul. And now you're asking him for those couple pounds you just put on um, and we're not talking about overweight, of course. And in Ruchnius. So what, if you go ahead and you say, okay, I'll sell it, you're selling yourself short, meaning that this is so much more valuable and this is an integral part of who I am. This makes me alive. You're born from mitzvahs. And a child which has a that sense of appreciation being developed, of course, from but everyone can go in and experience that. So a person should make a list. What are your obligations to Hashem, to Klai Yisrael, to your friends, to yourself? And you can work your way backwards as well through learning your obligations to yourself, going to your parents, your family, your friends, Klai Yisrael and Hashem. Go both ways as well, um, different aspects at different times. Um, and then you'll go ahead and take pleasure in fulfilling them. So the deepest obligation, the greatest obligation is to go ahead and desire greatness, to connect HaKadosh Baruch Hashem gave us Kalim and you can't go ahead and ignore them. That is the reason that the Torah is Mesiaches to acquiring wisdom as a personal obligation of every single person. Chachma is Maim, is water that allows us to go ahead and grow. Without that, we stop. We see us to grow. How could you know how to move forward if instead of being busy with doing, with doing the right thing, we just leave it to the battle of, you know, what is the right thing to do in the first place. So that's the first rachim of the 48 ways to go ahead and get that clarity, of course. Now, also being full of energy and vitality, it's a chiv to be v'simcha. The Western, the Westerner thinks that being happy and joyful is, eh, it's okay, it's, my, it's up to me. If I want to be depressed, it's my right to do so. But in truth, to be happy means that you're also considering the people around you. When a person is optimistic and he's full of life, so then his energy is felt. Same degree, if a person is, on the other hand, all down and miserable, so then that's what he's going ahead and that's the energy that he's creating around him. Go ahead and imagine to yourself, how would how would you feel if our parents, our friends were always sad? Would we be able to go ahead and be optimistic and, and joyful, right? Wouldn't we be pulled down as well? So, right, so of course, therefore, you have to learn to go ahead and give others that same simcha that you would want to go ahead and receive yourself. Okay, so just to summarize this 
before we move on to the question. It's number one, doing the right thing gives us much greater pleasure than any physical hana because, again, ultimately what you're doing is is that you're creating that kavod. Ura kvaidi is a reference to the neshama. Kvaidi is kavod, is substance. You have meaning. Yashiv, Rishlem Zalman, Ramesha Feinstein, they're the heaviest people. They had the most substance to them. We had a whole nation which was really carried on their shoulders. Because with the tremendous connection they had to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they had tremendous weight and their words continue to live on and have tremendous respect and weight. Right? In Kala Yisrael, the world. Okay, so doing the right thing gives us far more hana than any physical pleasure. Number two, in order to be a good man, you have to enjoy being good. Of course, you first have to define that, but don't always be stuck in the definition. You actually have to practically do it. So you have to enjoy being good. Number three is that your obligations will become much easier when you go ahead and connect to the pleasure that come from doing the right thing. You're much more likely to go ahead and do well at football if you enjoy football. And therefore, you're far more likely to go ahead and have a healthy family if you first anticipate the pleasure of why did I have these children in the first place? What are they about? Each one is a unbelievably precious, precious, precious soul. And to get in touch with that, just, just reignite that with that thought, with that reality. You'll do a much better job at being a father, a mother, a husband, and a wife. Number four is that after you go ahead and perform a difficult task, pause for a moment, take note. Don't you feel wonderful? Number five is that fulfilling our obligations allows us to use our potential because that ultimately, again, that's giving us the weight. When we're building on weights, we lift one and then we move on to the next one. That really deepens our capacity in all areas. The more you have substance right, to your metzias, to who you are, so then you move that darga, and that potential that you had at that stage, it's now at a complete new level. Number six is that fulfilling our obligations is a spiritual experience. It's not a, a physical, again, we have a physical sensation. Again, as we said, the body's no longer fighting it, that's why it takes pleasure in it. Um, even though at the beginning you're grumbling, now you wouldn't even sell that joy or that simcha of whatever it was, that positive act, that good deed, for $100. And by way of illustration, I think, if one, let's say, was at such a low that he is no longer interested in being in this world, and he was able to save a life or do something, you know, with that he can really experience at this, the place where he's in right now, that it's something of value. Um, if you would go over to him and say, you know, I want to buy that Maisa Mitzvah or whatever you have done, that positive deed that gave him that tremendous feeling of substance and, and Mela not to jump off the Empire State, he wouldn't sell it even for a trillion dollars because now that he has some sense of grabbing onto life, he's not going to sell that because otherwise you just have taken away his whole sense of life and then he has no reason not to go back up um, to the Empire State Building. It's also a little bit but this is the concept. So I missed to it. Number seven, last point, is that our obligations are 
inseparable from life so might as well enjoy them and obviously grow and create the best urakvaidi awaken your kavod awaken your substance that weight that you have within you that capacity that Hashem has instilled within you every single one of us so halachlamaisa what could we do about it so I'd say two exercises um, Maisa to apply this Maisa. So number one, make a list of five obligations you're right you're doing currently in your daily routine or you're going to fulfill today. Yeah. Anything you're going to fulfill today. So make a list of those five. And define and anticipate their pleasure. Again, define them, anticipate, and pause after you carry out these obligations and take notice of the pleasure. So three steps. Define, know what you're doing, anticipate the pleasure, and Maisa after you carry them out. And take notice, take note of the pleasure. That's number one, again, to make a list of those five. Number two is think of a difficult task you perform and reflect on how great doing it made you feel. Now, again, this is Chachma. It's not just about getting in touch with how it makes us feel, but the concept of kavod, of substance, and that's what this way is about. It's an integral part of living because without that, you're not really alive. It's given with the Mosh with the Empire State. Okay. So now, just like to um, read through the question, I think we emerge with a the sugya, which is really being expressed in the question. Okay, so this week's question was as follows. Hi there, let me get right to it. I have two very sophisticated, developed, intelligent, and wonderful teenage children, son and daughter, ages 17 and 18. I have been aware that for the past while, they have been very interested and involved in a variety of social media networks, and specifically following a number of individuals, um, what's called Instagram stories and various TikTok compilation challenges as well. Although their interest is significantly less in regards to the TikTok challenges in comparison to the Instagram stories they have been interested in and following up on, etc. So if you're familiar. Okay, so thankfully they are both extremely passionate people, very charismatic, and simply have natural leadership qualities. Blessed is the Lord, although I have been concerned with them lately since they have been filling their minds with other people's lives and not embracing their own journeys. I'm very supportive of my children, and of course, it's so important to validate them and their feelings, right? Covered, as you said, but I'm uncertain of what the recommended path slash approaches regarding the critically important parenting aspect of a parent. And of course, and uh, proper course of action that must be taken in this case, like in any other case, aside for the relationship aspect of a parent, it sounds which just in this case. Now, on the one hand, it has been a very difficult time for the world this past year, and certainly there's much room for understanding a teenager's need to have connection to something. They really haven't seen friends and people in general in the past 7-8 months due to some medical issues. But on the contrary, on the other hand, how can one make sure that regardless of the need to empathize, understand, accept, love, and encourage, encourage and circumstances in this case, and, and the validation and appreciation we must certainly give won't come at the expense of them recalibrating and reevaluating, reevaluating their pursuit of the above and settling for that form of satisfaction in the short run of um, you know following social media and obviously in addition to this overly dose interest and pursuit in the long term and shouldn't affect them the long term so they're not abandoning their studies and obligations 
or even enjoying the potential educational value and awareness of the social media presentational strategy mechanism, etc. But of course, at the end of the day, it's fant it's fantasy. That's not what should be taking over a person's time and headspace. What would be a healthy approach and a practical course of action from both the parents and children? So, first of all, it's a very important, amazing question. This is very real. It's a reality. So basically as follows, again, there are many concepts of, we, we've spoken about that come into this question, which I don't want to go into speak about now, we've spoken about in the past regarding embracing our internal world, individuality, my world, um, the sort of codependency, and being dependent in, on these other factors and shows and so on, when it comes to following celebrities, we've spoken about that, the concept of a movie, the underlying principles of a movie, the variables that affect a human being's intellectual and emotional analysis, capability and capacity, and all these kinds of different aspects of this question have been coming up um, as a theme in the, in the past. Um, but I just want to go ahead and focus on one or two points that I think we can be mechadish and mostly something to the sugya. So number one, it's very understandable, number one, you know, as we can see in the question, we're speaking about intelligent and developed, sophisticated people, sophisticated kids. So, of course, you know, there are difficulties that can get in the way and do get in the way, regardless of um, one's, you know, intellectual capacity. Especially if they're more of the emotional type as well. So they have a tremendous, sometimes at times, it can be a tremendous void within them that is not being met and not being filled. For various reasons, but I'll call upon the Nikud I want to point out, and that's I felt that this derech was really a segue into this idea. Is the concept that's mentioned in the question that they're not abandoning their studies and obligations now, they're, and they're enjoying the potential educational value and awareness of social media presentational strategy mechanism and so on. And what's being the mice of what's being said over here is that certainly a parent doesn't want to see a child busy with that. Now, I think the soul that we can go ahead both do together as a parent and as a, as a child and both coming together and working at this together, a practical approach. Again, this is something practical. One of the Kinyonia Torah. You need this Kli for living. It's not uh, just some nice philosophical concept. It's a practical course of action from both parents and children is learning to love, fulfill our obligations. It could be, at this stage, a person might feel that he has these pulls and obviously to work through it, to you know, try and get in that track, embracing our own world. But but the assault is in the, the actions that we do, that we that we are involved in, the chiyuvim that we do have. It's a great assault when a person is also in a you know, difficult place, mentally, he's not holding, he, he can't learn the same, he can't, for mitzvahs at the same target, the same feel of a kavan and anything else, is that what you are doing, go ahead and invest in. Love fulfilling your obligations, oh, if it's that stuck, also attaining that self-respect, because what a person has to do is really fortify who he is and what he is, what he's about, and his connection to Hashem. So the sort of urak the awakening one's honor, one's soul, one's self-respect, is by engaging and making sure that they're taking pleasure in what they are doing, the things that they are doing right now. And from the parents' perspective, as well, to encourage them to go ahead and really anticipate, define, and to work at what they're doing, obviously, 
in a healthy way. And, you know, even make them think a little bit what they are doing, what they are involved in. And the more a person is aware and in touch with intellectually, emotionally, with what they're doing, the more invested. So slowly but surely, they'll re-envelop that. They'll embody that yisod, whatever they're working on, whatever projects, limudat Torah, mitzvos, and any embracement of life that they're invested in, that they do anyway, if it's if it's because of religion, it's religious activity, a ritual, whatever it is, but what you're going at and what you're doing is that you're fortifying who they are, you're reaffirming that, and you're getting them to really envelop their essence into what they're doing. You don't want to have a, a clumsy basketball player on the court or a football player on the field, because it's not only... And very often not. It's it's not because he doesn't have skill. The guy can be extremely skilled player, but if he's in that mood, and that's why the quarterback or whoever it is, they'll give a pep talk, and the good coach, Agav, will focus on one thing. He's not going to say, we have to go ahead and do this, right? There's, let's say, one more play. We're going we're gonna to have to do this and this and this and that because it just it's too much to take in. When you focus in that laser beam, it has to be focused in one direction. So what the person is doing now, what he is focused on, the projects that he has taken on, even if it's very few, very few things that he does a day, but to really go ahead and give that energy, reinforce it. And I would say even more to validate... And validate doesn't just mean, doesn't mean, oh, you're, you're such a great kid, you're so nice that you're doing this. Because he, he also is understanding, he's an intellectual person, he understands that what he's doing right now is, there's much more that he can do. But if you go ahead and, and really make him envelop the activity that he's involved in, really embrace it, it becomes, number one, more part of who he is. So you're giving him substance, substance to who he is. You're creating more within him even though it's the same action you're investing more but not only in terms of investment as we said you if you're telling him to define what, what with things that he is already in right engaged in you're telling him to define what he's doing obviously in a loving way and to anticipate the pleasures coming right who doesn't want to anticipate who doesn't want pleasure so anticipate you'll get you'll be more in touch with it when it comes and also appreciating it. You're not adding, it's not becoming more burdensome, but rather with what he is working in within now, he will thank you for the small acts that he is doing of embracing life, that you're really fortifying it within the places that he is in right now. It's not about taking 25 steps or jumping to the moon. He can't, he's not capable of that right now. And that is the job of the parent to go ahead and to encourage, make sure, yeah, he's embracing life, but make sure that it's within a place within his life at this state that he can go ahead and accept and understand. And maybe even if you can, obviously, to push a little a little beyond one's comfort zone, as we know, regarding the aside of tshuva. And certainly, one of the most important things is to set that example for yourself. If you incorporate that into your day-to-day -day life, you're defining constantly the hinim before you became a mitzvah, anticipating the mitzvah you you have excitement for the mitzvah and you're you're looking back and seeing what i have done and you're speaking about it and engage with your family so of course your children your wife your husband whoever it is they're going to appreciate it even more they're going to want to engage and then you have a tremendous chevra 
As the Rambam says, why are Talmidei Chachamim called Chaveirim? My Chaveirim Miloshin Chibur, connection. Ki Chavrosam Zalzeh Chavra Neemana. It's a trustworthy and a fortified relationship. It's a Neeman. Ki Lashem Shemaim. Because it's Lashem Shemaim, you're working together, you're building towards something. Within the place that you are in right now, within the place that you're invested in. So that is the same course of action for the child. Zavoda, and for the parents, practical Avoda as well, of making sure that he's embracing his world. His world at this point is not about the Sur Meirat. Do not go ahead and engage with watching, um, you know, Instagram stories or TikTok, whatever it is. But learning to embrace within who, within me, the things that I have within me already. Those activities, I mean, you're deepening the sense of self, you're deepening that sense of kavod, miloshon, kavod, that substance that he has to his metzias, to his existence. And Agav, if a person does this, so there is no concern of, you know, praising him, shalobim komo, because you're not, it's not flattering, it's not a trick, it's not that you're praising your child. That, it, that way you should, you should go and do more. He thinks more of himself. He knows exactly where he's holding. He's not just going to get big-headed again. Chazal say, a person, you don't say all the Shabbat of a person be fun of. But here when it comes to encouraging and praising is not just, encouraging is not just praising him, but you're, you're making him aware of what he has done, what's within his mindset. And once he, once he sees what's before him, so then you can help him take more steps within that Misa itself, define, refine, anticipate, and ask him then, in retrospect, what did you feel? You're making him feel alive, he's not just going through autopilot as we said, but rather he's, you're, you're showing him that even within the state he's in, he's a live thinking, feeling human being that has a heart, that has a mind, and he can embrace life deep within himself and he has that inner place within him already just you have to go ahead and try and enlarge that capacity from within where he is from within him and that's how you go ahead and expand as we know when it comes to singing anyone who knows there's something called it's a little bit of a shinui but it's, it's something called a diaphragmic breath you're enlarging one's, one's enlarging his capacity from within and you're not stretching his limbs and getting him injured. Rather, he's doing taking that deep breath in. And then, Fill your mouth and open your mouth and I'll be able to fill it within you from your from your etzim matzomecha. Anyway, so I think that answers this question. And that's the soul that I want to focus on. on f- focusing on fulfill- loving and fulfilling our obligations. Loving and fulfilling our obligations, that's what this episode is about. And I think that one of the main points of this question and the practical course of action lays within this episode, within this Kinyan Atar, and that's what we mentioned over here. So I thank you. And again, just to recap this, what we said, again, make a list of those five obligations you're going to fulfill today. Define and anticipate the pleasure, their pleasure and pause after you carry out these obligations and take notice of the pleasure. It's number one. Number two, he said, think of a difficult ta- task you performed and reflect on how great doing it made you feel. That's a practical avoda, an assignment that we can go ahead and take away. Um, and I thank you very, very much. And we shall be zochet to be ohavi tzedek. 
love righteousness and go in the ways of Hashem and Ken. Thank you very, very much.